Good morning. My name is Jay Rosenthal, the Managing Director of Business of Cannabis. Welcome back to The Daily Show for Monday, January 31st. If you like what you see, you can check out the rest of the channel with our full Business of Cannabis archive right here. So please do subscribe. For those of you that are new to Business of Cannabis, since 2017, we've highlighted the companies, brands, people, and trends driving the cannabis industry. And that's what we look to do here every day. Following a rundown of the key stories that we're following today, we'll get to our BFC Live segment where we'll be joined today by David Kerr. He's the Senior Vice President at Gallagher in Canada. We'll be talking about cannabis insurance. We'd love to hear from you on the comments and always feel free to visit us at businessofcannabis.com as well as through all of our social channels, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and the rest. A few event-based updates on March 10th. We'll be in Brooklyn for our Business of Cannabis New York sessions. We'll be talking about connecting social equity licensees with capital. Uh, the event is made possible by Leafly and Vicente Setterberg. On April 6th, we'll be in Miami for Business of Cannabis Miami, where we'll be talking about cannabis retail tech, design, and data. For today's stories, Safe Banking is back again. Cookies founder Burner Talks Cannabis, Wiz Khalifa, and Chemo. Kiva makes the most of the supply chain chaos, and Poland's medical cannabis supply is failing to meet the demand. For our first story, Representative Ed Perlmutter, a Democrat from Colorado, the sponsor of the Secure and Fair Enforcement, this is a Safe Banking Act, now wants to attach it to the America Competes Act, a non-cannabis bill regarding research and innovation, this according to Marijuana Moment. Now a quick refresher, safe banking stalled in the U.S. Senate last year. It was then attached to and subsequently removed from the National Defense Authorization Act, and then a new amendment has to be approved by the House Rules Committee before it will officially make it to the House for consideration. Last Monday, Perlmutter said he will not seek re-election, so a lame duck congressman introducing legislation for the umpteenth time. Good luck, congressman. We're with you. While celebrating the launch of its new Toronto flagship store for our second story, Wiz Khalifa is now in partnership with Cookies, and founder Burner is also undergoing chemotherapy for cancer, this according to Forbes in a Q&A with the rapper. The details, while Khalifa Kush Brands launched on January 28th, with Wiz appearing as a guest bud tender at the Cookies Maywood store, Cookies Toronto, a partnership with Gage Cannabis here, opened last weekend with long, long lines. There's also a Cookies location in Barcelona and Tel Aviv, and there are plans to open more in the UK. On his global expansion, which includes four countries now, quote, it's absolutely crazy. It's mind-blowing, this according to Burner. I can't even believe it. One person from San Francisco was able to touch the whole world through cannabis, music, and clothing. It's pretty humbling. It actually makes what I'm going through a little bit easier. God forbid something goes the wrong way. At least I know I did something that people dream of, right? For our third story, California's Kiva Confections is coping with frustrating supply chain delays with humor. After its holiday punch-branded cannabis tins were included in massive COVID-induced backlogs of the shipping industry, they're rebranding them. Post-holiday punch, supply chain chaos. This according to Insider. Quote, instead of wasting the packaging and product that had already been produced, we decided to be transparent with our retailers and consumers that this product was intended to be released during the holidays. But we were impacted by the same supply chain issues plaguing many industries right now. This is from Kristen Rasmussen. She's the brand marketing director at Kiva. 
For our final story, new legislation designed to add to Poland's medical cannabis supply was turned down by Parliament there, this according to Prohibition Partners. Here are some of the details. Poland has one of the largest numbers of registered medical cannabis consumers at just under 10,000. Two of three medical cannabis bills were rejected by Parliament, one regarding domestic high-THC cultivation, medical cannabis reimbursements, and intoxicated driving. The second was aimed at overhauling hemp cultivation regulations. One bill did move ahead for further deliberation. It was a bill that would allow state researchers to cultivate hemp with more than 0.3% of THC. Those are the stories we're watching today. Join 10,000 others to catch all these stories and more in your inbox every day at 7 a.m. with our Cannabis Daily Newsletter. Coming up on our BFC Live podcast conversation, we'll connect with David Kerr. He's a senior vice president at Gallagher in Canada. We're talking about the impact of COVID on cannabis insurance, the best practices for cannabis companies to consider when thinking about cannabis insurance, and what the future may hold for those wishing to find insurance for their cannabis business. Enjoy this conversation with David Kerr from Gallagher in Canada. And Gallagher in Canada is the official insurance provider of Business of Cannabis. Here's David Kerr. David Curry, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Jake. Excited to be back and excited for the new year. Me, I'm excited for the new year too. Hopefully, this is the year I come out of the basement. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. I mean, you, you personally, you had a busy year. You had a child and a puppy, uh, from what I recall from talking to you last year. Uh, yep. Want to talk to you about cannabis and insurance and cannabis insurance because. It is something we actually talk about a fair amount here, uh, thanks to you and the team from Gallagher in Canada. Looking back on 2021, did the year turn out as you expect when it, at the intersection of cannabis and insurance? I mean, to a certain extent, yes. I think a lot of us were more hopeful. Uh, some developments in other countries that were going to probably benefit a lot of operators in Canada. Uh, from an insurance perspective, it would have allowed for some more markets to enter and I think see a bit more disruption uh, to the pricing in terms of conditions we're seeing out there. Uh, I think the M&A aspect that we kind of all first saw coming picked up. I think we saw a lot of retail M&A too. I think that is going to continue. Um, I think from a you know financial perspective, I think given the situations we were all in and still being in this pandemic, I think it was you know, mostly positive. I think it could have been a little bit on the worst side uh, for companies. I, I think the cannabis industry as a whole was able to still operate and function well and be able to reach the consumer. Uh, specifically, if you're a retail store, I think you were able to thrive a bit more um, than other businesses, right? And I think that's been a, that was a tremendous positive to take out of the year. And, and looking ahead uh, to 2022, like, I, I mean, I, we're expecting sort of the M&A trend to continue maybe even especially on the retail front, certainly with the, the density of cannabis retail, specifically in Ontario, I mean, it's skyrocketed. I think it's gone up 120% in a year from December 2020 to December 2021. So we've seen a lot of that. I mean, I guess, how does that impact, does, does that or how does that impact sort of how people are accessing and maybe even what they're paying for insurance right now? Yeah, so I mean, if you have a one-off store, you're you know your buying power for your insurance program for a retail store to you know be with what uh, the OCS has, it's very small. 
in that there's not a ton of flexibility there. You know, we've tried to be creative and, you know, provide stores with realistic benchmarks as opposed to, you know, what, how much stock you need to ensure, you know, what your revenue should be. Maybe it needs to be conservative. Like you might be telling your shareholder base or fellow owners like, Hey, we're going to do this. We've seen enough for a while that we can provide some guidelines of where they're going to be unless, you know, you have some data that's going to support tremendous growth, but it's hard for a lot of these guys when you have, you know, on one or two blocks, five stores, like I look outside my house, I'm one block off of Bayview and there's literally, you know, five stores right there. And it's who, like, there's not a lot of differentiation going on outside of a few specific companies that are really pushing their brand and they're almost like a retail store experience. And I think we're seeing those ones do quite well. I think we're going to see some M&A specifically in that space. I think there's going to be a lot more, you know, we're seeing some stores who've had a successful year one and they're already up for sale, right? Because they're like, you know what, this was, this was good. We were really in it for the long haul. We're hoping to get bought by some of the bigger guys. And I think some of those caps are coming off of who can, you know, the 30 store cap in Ontario. So I think, I think that's really going to be the picking up from a domestic M&A perspective. I think we're going to see a lot more of that, specifically in Ontario, uh, maybe a bit out west. But Ontario, there's just been such an oversaturation. And the one thing on an insurance point is if you're buying and collecting more stores, you have more buying power insurance-wise. You can say, hey, you know, I have 10 to 20 stores. I, I can get that property rate down. Maybe you look, instead of having a specific store, each specific store carrying your liability policy, you do a blanket policy and that can produce some savings. So we were able to get pretty creative with how to structure those deals to make sure that you're getting the best coverage and also, you know, paying as least as possible to maximize if you have, you know, even if you have five stores, it still gives you a buying power with the insurer and they're happy to do that because they're like, you're adding and you're growing your business with them too, right? I wonder, um, as we've talked about this over a number of years, like, give us, paint a picture for what 2020, from your perspective, might look like in terms of insurance rates. And, and there may be different chunks of that, but but walk through what you're expecting, you know, as it relates, well, any of these, but like DNO for sure, because that seems to be the thorniest or the one that <laughs> causes the most headaches. I don't know. You tell me. Yeah, I mean, DNO definitely does. Um, both public and private companies, they've been paying through the teeth for, you know, the better part of four years. And it's due to a couple of there's limited market availability from insurance carriers. There's little, little capacity to be on the primary, which is your first policy in place, whether you buy excess after that, it's up to you. But, and I just think those rates have just been going higher and higher and no one's been really able to come in and disrupt that. We were starting to see at the end of last year and we fully expected this year, some market disruption on the DNO side. I think we're going to start seeing some premiums coming down. Um, we, ourselves at Gallagher achieved, I think one of the first ones of having similar or better coverage at a lower rate in December. Um, you throw a party when that happens? <laughs> as, as a broker, you're very excited because you're like, oh, I'm actually getting to deliver good news right. for once. And um, so anytime you have that, it's it's a nice story. You're starting to see a bit more writing on the wall and about some more people be like, you know, I could only used to be able to do five billing. Now I can do 10. And I want to be aggressive and I want to participate in a primary aspect. And I think there's some carriers uh, that are looking to disrupt the marketplace. They're doing a good job thus far. We want to make sure we're helping them. And I think it will you know, allow the ones who have been there for a while who deserve their own shot as well. They're going to be like, oh, okay, well, maybe we'll balance this out a bit, right? Like the DNO pricing 
could really not gone much higher without people starting to just not purchase it, which was happening. And you don't, you know, it's tough to attract board level talent if you're not having a DNO policy and you don't have any protection to offer them, right? Um, so I think yes. that's the biggest one <laughs> for sure. It's going to be, you know, that's what everyone is looking to see. There's, I think, some other, you know, market competition when it comes to the liability and property coverages. Those are generally, they've been kind of coming down almost year over year, except for the vape exposure. That's still being rated pretty high. There's not a ton of, you know, capacity out there. Hopefully that will change uh, this year as well. I think more people are getting their heads around the space, understanding it. There's some historical data that you can now look at and say, oh yeah, well, it's the cannabis space. And if that was the reason you wouldn't do it, that doesn't make sense. Cause you know, people do insurance for all types of different industries. But I get if it was like, hey, it's an early entrance space. We don't know historically what the claims are gonna like. And I think we're seeing them and there's not a, there's not a ton and they're not severe uh, outside of, you know, the DNO side of things. But that's kind of what we're looking towards. It's what we're expecting this year. I think it's gonna be a, turning of the tide and some positive results and keep some good momentum going. And hopefully, you know, if things change in other jurisdictions as well, that can produce more market entrance or more uh, ease in which some insurance companies feel comfortable going into the space. I think that would be tremendous too, but it's getting hard to hold your breath on that side. <laughs> I think so too. And, and that's on the sort of on the, on the market perspective and what, what can be expected in the coming year. I want to like, I don't know, zoom in or like, uh, let me paint a picture and you tell me how it would roll. I, I want to open a cannabis retail store in Ontario. I have a location. I have a game plan. I have a business plan, all those things. I call you and we walk through what? Like you, you walk me through sort of historically what retailers need. Like tell me exactly sort of how people work with you so we can share with our audience like why they should call you and what you'll tell them when they do. Yeah, I mean, we try to make it as seamless as possible. There's an application that needs to be done. It's kind of been refined. Uh, we have like almost like a quick checklist of things. It's like, these are the questions we really need you to answer. answer. So you can disregard these pages because they it's kind of a catch-all. So it applies to retailers or it applies to transportation, security, produ production, cultivation, all of that. So you have to peel out of that and we want to make that as simple as possible. And then we're going to provide you with, here's like, similar stores and similar regions are going to be probably buying this type of coverage that are buying these limits. And this is what they're getting from the OCS and what they want to see from a revenue standpoint. My mentality is always go conservative, right? Because if you go over the top, you're just going to get charged more premium. They're not going to give you money back Right now. If you're conservative and then you hit a higher target, yeah, they can maybe adjust it. But as long as you come back to them and say, Hey, you know, we're still want to renew with them. Usually they don't worry about that. So, the main thing is like, we just want to walk through, we'll see the business plan. If you have one, it's great. Your investor deck, those are tremendous to have. Uh, maybe a layout of the store and then give you this kind of quick hitter of like, here's the, you know, bare information we need to make this process more seam seamless for you. And then who, who you can compare yourself to, you know, without obviously giving anyone's name, but just saying, you know, store A, B and C bought these coverages in that area. And this is what you should be banking banking on right unless you know that you're putting in you know an extra couple hundred grand into the store or you're going to be having you know a ton more stock than expected so that was that's kind of how the process works uh and then we generally are turning them around pretty quickly like within a week yeah i think that's 
the helpful part too, because as you know, everybody's always in a rush and sometimes yeah. they don't have the foreseeability, but working with someone who understands the process, been through it before, I think is super helpful, which is why we like working with you because you've seen it all as much as anybody has seen. You understand the landscape yeah. and, you're, and you're willing and able and like, I think, working with the cannabis industry. So we're happy to point yeah. people in your direction because we, uh, we ask you lots of questions and you always have the answer. So I want to thank always you. Always happy joining. to help. What's that? So I'm always happy to help. You know, that's just give me a call and we'll talk it through. And uh, especially if, you know, hopefully soon in the future, being in front of people again. I think we got teased for that for a bit and now we're back to this. So hopefully it'll be done soon. Well, I'd like <laughs> to see you. I'd like to see you for the first time in two years. That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. I think we need to at least do one of these like outdoor sets of this or do well, something. Not, 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 not this week. Not right now. Not right now. Maybe, maybe in a month. Maybe in a <laughs> month. We'll better. do a February, a February spot. Uh, David, yeah, I, I got three saw snow pants on or whatever. So. <laughs> well, I, I, I told you that I had to turn the dryer off because we've been skating already today. So we're uh, turn the dryer off, do the interview, turn the dryer back on so we can head back out <laughs> and build, some, build a snow fort. David, I appreciate you taking time. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you for the partnership with Gallagher in Canada. We look forward to connecting with you down the road. Awesome. Thank you so much. And we're uh, so happy to be a partner of your guys moving forward. Can't wait. Have a good one. That was episode 19 of Cannabis Daily. Thank you for joining us. And be sure to follow us on YouTube. Just subscribe right below and we will see you tomorrow.